0: Welcome all of the guests that we have this morning here at chapel who aren't normally with us. Thank you so much for coming in for this wonderful day. One of the great highlights of the year for me personally and for us as a university. I really hope you'll come back this evening. This is the third year in a row that we've done this concert and I'll tell you, it is an amazing event. And uh, your heart will be filled with the presence of the Lord and just with the joy of worshiping together as a community. Especially I'd like to say thanks to President Alex Husky from Ivy Tech, who's here with us tonight. Alex, thanks for, thanks for coming uh, this morning. John Drew Shurd was born on January 1, 1959 in Detroit, Michigan, to Bishop and Mrs. John Henry Shurd. After graduating from high school, he matriculated at Wayne State University, receiving a Bachelor of Science degree in Education and a Master of Education. He he was saved at a young age under the pastorate of the late Bishop John Seth Bailey and later acknowledged his call to the ministry under the guidance of his father, Bishop John H. Sheard. He worked diligently in several positions in the church on local and national levels, including choir director. I bet your choirs were just as good at that, weren't they, Bishop? (laughs) Chairman of local and state youth departments, National Adjutant Overseer, Executive Secretary of the International Youth Department, and in various civic capacity, including Executive Director of the Michigan chapter of the SCLC, and as a board member of the Michigan Anti-Apartheid Council. Bishop Sherd's visionary leadership provoked phenomenal growth and the implementation of innovative programs in both his local church and the international church. During his tenure as International Youth Department President for the Churches of God in Christ, the National Youth Department instituted many youth programs including the formation of the Peer Young Women of Excellence, Young Men of Valor, Young Excited Saved Club, the Yes Club, I like that one. The implementation of area rallies leading up to the annual Music and Youth, the My Convention. He was a founder of a scholarship, the C.D. Owens Scholarship, that assists gifted and aspiring students entering college with some of their many expenses. Bishop Shear's ideas have propelled him to the forefront of both the civic and religious community and have gained him recognition as a bridge builder to other denominations. Currently, he serves as a member of the Presidium of the Church of God in Christ, jurisdictional bishop of the Michigan North Central Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction, and as the senior pastor of Greater Emanuel Institutional Church of God in Christ in Detroit. In 2004, Bishop Sherd received an honorary doctorate of divinity degree, and in 2007 was inducted into the prestigious Morehouse College, Martin Luther King, Jr. Board of Preachers. His accomplishments, coupled with his abundant love and unfeigned devotion to God and the church, instills within his members and all who know him the confidence that he is a leader capable of taking all of us to the next level of ministry as we seek the kingdom of God to come on this earth. Bishop Sherd is married to evangelist Karen Clark Sherd and has two children, Kira and John Drew II. He's a proud grandfather, gotta mention that, I've got three, <laughs> grandfather of Jacob Dylan Sherd. Would you join me in welcome a man of God, a well-known and respected leader in the community, Bishop Sherd.
1: Thank you, Dr. Wright. God bless all of you. Thank you very much to the staff of this great institution. Please allow me to move very quickly to the word of God. And I want to thank you all of the pastors that are here, Pastor Johnson Bivens for riding with me. I think Bishop Blade is on his way if he's not here. I appreciate him being here. In the book of Exodus, the third chapter and the second verse, you will find these words recorded and left on record for our consideration and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and beheld the bush burn with fire and the bush was not consumed I want to talk to you for the next few fleeting moments from the subject the bush won't go out will you tell somebody the bush Will you tell somebody, the bush won't go out? Today we live in a society that is constantly enticing us to do wrong, night after night, day after day. We are exposed to things that are propped up to make doing wrong look easy. But I stop by to tell you today that the voice of God is yet speaking to those who will listen. He is saying, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. My brothers and sisters, allow me to brief you on the history of our lesson text because it seems as though Israel had been tempting God. And well, finally, God allowed uh, his chosen people to experience slavery in Egypt. And I don't believe that God ever intended for them to serve as servants. So therefore, in his divine plan, he allowed Moses to be kept for the exclusive purpose of their deliverance. Believe it or not, sometimes God allows us to go into bondage, perhaps not slavery as we think, but bondage in respect to not having the liberties that we should because of our choices. Many people are in spiritual bondage because they fail to abide by God's word. Others are in economic bondage because they have no self-discipline. And however, let us note Moses. He was a very unique individual because his life was divided into three distinct eras. The first 40 years of his life was spent as Pharaoh's grandson. Due to the intimidation experienced by Pharaoh, he decided to do away with the male children of Israel because of their rapid growth. And you must understand that any time a group of people start to make progress, those who are not secure are threatened by them. God spared Moses' life so he could lead his people out of bondage. The second era of Moses' life or the second 40 years was spent running because he tried to occupy his destiny before his season. Uh, My brothers and sisters, you need to know that you can't get what God has for you until he says it's your time. Timing is everything. And and now we approach the third era of Moses' life when he is commissioned to do the very thing that he was born to do, and that is lead. Pay Pay special attention to the state that we find Moses in when God approached him. He was busy tending to the sheep near Mount Horeb. Even though Moses had matriculated at the uh, first part of his life at the finest learning institutions in Egypt, uh, even though he we understood that he had an anxiety at, in the second period to occupy his destiny, yet we find Moses doing a job that is far beneath his ability. The lesson we must learn from this is even though you may not get the job, you feel you're qualified For never resolve to be unemployed when employment is available. Moses took a job that perhaps required none of his learning and acquired skills, but he remained there until God gave him another assignment. If you remember in the gospel, according to Luke, the shepherds were feeding their flocks when they received the good news of the Savior's birth. Peter, James, and John were fishing when they were called to be fishers of men. If we are busy, we are faced with a new challenge. Moses was faced with the un most unusual incident. He saw a bush burning. He looked to see if there was fire on earth or from heaven, which caused it to burn, but he saw no rhyme or reason for this existence. It was strange because even though the bush was on fire, it was not consumed. It was an extraordinary manifestation of divine presence and glory. Although there is discrepancy as to what he saw, there is this incontestable agreement of what he heard and who spoke. God was calling Moses to a higher job. Now, we must note that Moses saw a flaming fire, for our God is as a consuming fire. When Israel's deliverance out of Egypt was promised to Abraham, Abraham, Abraham saw a burning lamp signifying a light of joy which caused such deliverance, but now it shines brighter as a flame of fire, for God in that deliverance brought terror and destruction to his enemy, light heat to his people, and displayed his glory before everyone. This fire was not in a tall, stately cedar, but in perhaps a short, thorny bush thus signifying that God chooses the weak and despised things of the world and then he confounds the wise. The bush burned and yet it was not consumed. It serves as an emblem of the church. Well, my brothers and sisters, the fire in the brick kiln is still not consumed. It is perplexed but not in despair, cast down but not destroyed. Moses' curiosity called, Caused him to take a double look. He went to examine it and could not find a cause. If Moses had treated the bush as if it was some freakish experience, he would have missed his assignment. So, when strange things happen in our lives, we must be careful how we react to them. It is imperative. That we seek God with all diligence. We, we must be careful to have a genuine concern about hearing his voice. For if we will draw nigh to God, he will certainly draw nigh to us. The word and the glory of the Lord should be simultaneously. Divine vision is designed for divine revelation. Divine, divine calls are effective when the spirit of God makes them personal. Let us take note, and I'm almost finished, that Moses returned an answer with obedience. Here am I. What saith my Lord unto his servant? Every individual should be concerned to give an answer like Moses. Even Isaiah answered in the sixth chapter the eighth verse of his book when he said, here am I, Lord, send me. Whatever the job may be, I am available. You should not get caught up in what you think you're supposed to be. Just simply say, Lord, send me. Moses' situation was such that God instructed him not to come any closer to the bush for it was not important for him to understand the mystery but simply to receive the information for his assignment. God works in mysterious ways and mysterious ways are not necessarily to be understood. When God speaks to you, my brothers and sisters, your conscience should be satisfied, but not necessarily your curiosity. I think for too long we have been waiting on something to make sense to us when all that we ever needed was right before us. We, we just needed to understand that God is speaking to us. Moses experienced his reverence and his readiness to obey. God told him, take off thy shoes for this is holy ground. This is applicable in every word of the statement. If we will be the instruments by which God God will speak. We must pull off the things that might hinder us from doing our assignment. We have an assignment. It is important that we walk worthy of the assignment that God has given us. You can't be frivolous and silly and think people will take you serious if you have not committed to God. If you don't take your assignment seriously, don't expect anybody else to. God gave Moses his instructions. And likewise, you and I have got work to do. God said to Moses, I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses began to ponder his insufficiency for such a task. He began to feel and think of himself as unworthy. And in the Greek language he used words which meant not equal to the task. But that's how God works. When man looks at his abilities and measures them by the yardstick of human capabilities, he will always come up short. But then God uses his own standards of measurement which makes up for the shortages in our lives. He makes us adequate for the task that he has given us. God takes us through a process which prepares us for the assignments he may give. Whenever the Lord calls you to do a job, we must not consider our own personal affinities or natural attributes, but we must be willing and ready to say, Lord, here am I, send me. My brothers and sisters, the task was before Moses, just like it is before us today. Humanity is still held hostage. We're faced with the plague of bondage. We're yet faced with modern-day pharaohs. We're faced constantly with oppression, repression, and suppression. My brothers and sisters, we are faced by those who seek to turn back the hands of progress. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did his part in answering the burning bush, but what will you do? Not too long ago, we were faced with a Senate majority leader who praised Strom Thurmond's 1948 presidential campaign of segregationalism by saying that the country would be a lot better off if we, America, had went along with their misconstrued theory. Somebody needs to tell pharaoh to let my people go we're faced with issues that are constantly causing many of our young people to lose their lives in our city streets somebody needs to tell pharaoh to let my people go many of our young people in our suburban areas are experimenting with drugs that are already dangerous and developing new drugs somebody needs to tell pharaoh to let my people go. And yet God is not pleased with the strongholds that Satan has on his people. Our brilliance has escalated to such a level until we so eloquently rename words that don't sound and make them don't sound so bad, ugly, and sordid. What do you mean, Bishop? I'm glad you asked. For instance, we no longer call sex before marriage fornication, but we say premarital sex. It sounds better. We no longer call sexual activity with someone other than your spouse adultery, but we call it extramarital sex. It sounds better. It doesn't sound as awful as adultery. We no longer call X-rated movies dirty movies, but rather adult movies, implying that they're not for dirty minds, but adult minds. No longer do we call a life of homosexuality sodomite sin, but we call it an alternative lifestyle. Our lives have become so much more sophisticated, so we think we go along to get along it's the way of the world we dance to the music and the piper's price has been garnished from our moral wages but somebody needs to tell pharaoh to let my people go my challenge to you my brothers and sisters Is that we cannot become so complacent and bass in our past successes and lose our delegated authority but we must continue to see and hear the burning bush I thank God for those who are stepping up to the plate I thank God for those who are saying what can I do because there is much to be done we act like uh, everything is okay and it's not okay Many of our young people are too impressed with a gangster mentality pants hanging off their butts and skirts barely covering their butts and attitudes that seem as though they could care less we refer to each other as dogs and every other word that comes out of our mouths is profaned they've elevated a, uh, a gangster mentality and some of our some of us stand by idly shaking our heads in despair we're watching our young Ladies be reduced to nothing more than a quick cheap thrill there are no longer viewed as young ladies but referred to by the B word it, In in some cases our young ladies don't carry themselves with respect our young men won't listen to those who have gone before them many of our young folk can't read can't write and can't add some of our young boys have become so intoxicated with bouncing a ball but I I want to know, will you be able to stop a check from bouncing? Help me, God. Some have become so enthralled by hanging chains around their necks, but I want to know, will you be able to hang a degree on your wall? We are sitting by watching Pharaoh serenade us to sleep by offering us pacifiers and not facing real issues. But my brothers and sisters, there is still a voice speaking from the burning bush saying, Tell O Pharaoh to let my people go. My brothers and sisters, you sitting here today, do you know your assignment? Say what you will. But our assignment is more important than being president of the United States. Our assignment is greater than being the dictator of Of the world, for our assignment involves setting men free from the clutches of sin. Our assignment entails that we go out and rescue those who are drifting on on sin and shame. We should tell them that, in spite of what it looks like, you still can make it because I know Jesus and Jesus can rescue you from any stage that you're in. We need to tell them, don't give up. We need to tell them to hang in there. Satan has put his slaves in a trick bag. They're floating on the escapades of worldly preferment. I hear the Lord saying to each of you that are sitting here today, tell old Pharaoh that I said, let my people go. God is calling us to rescue a dying world. God, God is empowering you to loose the bands of depression, break the yokes of I can't, and lift the person to another level. My brothers and sisters, you can do it if you will accept your assignment. The commission I've received tells us to demand freedom from the oppressor. I've got the remedy that can change a coming generation you've got to believe that it starts with you right now my brothers and sisters it starts with you right now you can't live the dream unless you become a part of the dream I charge you to become a part of the solution and not a problem be a thermostat and not a thermometer a thermometer registers the climate, but a th- thermostat changes the temperature. Leave this place and change your community, change your neighborhood, and make this world. A better place my brothers and sisters it starts with you right now will you grab your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor it starts with us right now It starts with us it starts with us we have been given delegated authority we have been given power We have the power to speak some things into existence. We have the power to speak over our enemies and watch them fall. We have the power to use and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. We have the power to lay hands on people and watch them be rejuvenated. We have the power. But I must share with you as I go to my seat, don't just speak it. But do something. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh and no man can work. Why don't you do something while you're young? Stop saying, I can't. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? We have the power to shake up the world because the bush won't go out. I see lives being changed. I see people being changed. I see attitudes being altered. I see, I, see, I see young people being changed because they come in contact with those of you who are sitting in this audience today. I see you becoming a change element. I see you becoming the persons that will shake up the world. And I'm here to tell you today that you got to see it before you see it. You got to see yourself as being that person that God has commissioned. Because if you can't see it before you see it, you never will see it. You got to see this community being changed, see our world being changed. My brothers and sisters, you have to tell the world about the goodness of the Lord. And then you have to speak to the demons of our society and tell them what God told you to tell them. God said, I said, let my people go. Will you grab the hand of your neighbor and say, God has told us to tell Satan to let my people go. Now tell your neighbor, I see it happening. I see it happening. God bless you, and may he strengthen you to do the task that is before us.